Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the SEC Morning Report, a show we do each and every weekday here on Monday through Thursday on Southeastern 14. On Friday, we have Jake's Takes during football season, but welcome in. Thank you so much for tuning in to the channel that covers SEC Sports Daily and does it like nobody else. We have so much content being pumped out here, and if you enjoy, not only enjoy SEC content, but you also think people with your uh, clientele, with your business, people that you work with might, and it might benefit your business and advertising, then make sure to hit up caroline.smith at southeastern14.com. And you can be an MVP and partner with us. As always, the show is presented by Chomps. Get yourself all that info in the description, some healthy snacks with lots of protein, things like that. But guys, let's get right to it. We have a lot to cover. It is Tuesday. Usually we go through and do injury reports and things like that there's not a whole heck of a lot on the injury front uh, especially with some of the key matchups that we have to talk about uh, there were some season ending things with Brew McCoy's ankle terrible there so we hate that for him also Luke Haas with the collarbone for Arkansas he is out for the remainder of the season and then uh, of course you have Tennessee uh, with a Another couple of nagging injuries, but they've got a bye week to get those get those right. South Carolina's banged up. Maybe Ja'Kai Moore will be able to to get back for them by the Florida game. He had to sit out. Uh, Deontay Thornton was the other one I was going to mention for Tennessee, so we'll see if he's able to get out. That'll be big, him being back with Brew McCoy now being out uh, for the remainder of the year. So those are the main ones on, on you know, teams that have bye weeks and things like that. Deontay Lawson's still going to be out for this big matchup with Alabama and Texas A&M. But for the most part, guys, these teams are healthy, getting healthier. Georgia is likely to, to get not only uh, Lawson lucky once he is available to, to play and ready to play, he'll be able to go. Austin Blasky shouldn't be too far behind, and Kentucky could get Kenneth Horsey back uh, leading into this big matchup. But that is – the game that I think a lot of people have circled that one and that that Texas A&M Alabama game is the Georgia Kentucky game at night. So you got a bunch of games, kind of three layers of games here. The noon kickoff with Missouri taking on LSU. What an environment that's going to be. Then the 3:30 kick there. You have Texas A&M hosting Alabama in that CBS game, and then Georgia and Kentucky in the nightcap. Guys, I did want to say, with this Georgia home game and SEC home game, do you realize the last time the Georgia Bulldogs hosted an SEC night game at home, the last time they had a SEC night game in Athens, JT Daniels was still the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Stetson Bennett had not taken over yet, and since then, they've lost one game and have two national titles to their credit. So Georgia fans have been waiting a long time for this night contest with Kentucky coming in after they just railroaded Florida uh, and everybody's questioning the, the Georgia run defense with Ray Davis uh, coming in there. So I think it is going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, I will be there watching this one, seeing this go down between the Kentucky offensive line and the Georgia defensive front. 
And, uh, you know, I did want to go ahead and play a little bit of sound. We usually go through a bunch of injury stuff, but with not as much to go over, I wanted to do uh, They Said It here on Southeastern 14 on the morning report. And I wanted to play this. This is Mark Stoops uh, talking about his offensive line last week versus Florida, how they kind of helped Ray Davis uh, go to that historic performance he almost set the school record in that game against Florida so listen to this from Mark Stoops and we'll talk about it here afterwards I thought I thought they um you know obviously played the best game of the year the you know they 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 took some great pride in in just straining of of you know executing we've we've talked about the communication and and I thought there would be an improvement there with uh Eli at center and um I think that 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 showed improvement in the second week and uh I just think their overall commitment and attitude the past several weeks have paid off some in that game because they they um you know were obviously very motivated to get some movement at the first level and to to really strain and uh, they did a good job. So that's Mark Stoops on his offensive line there at Kentucky. Uh, what a big performance that was in terms of running the football against a Gators front that had been very stingy against the run. Uh, they kind of forced the the Gators and and magnified uh, some things that the Gators were doing wrong in terms of misfitting gaps, running underneath blocks on the gap scheme, all that kind of stuff. We'll go more in detail about that tonight with a live show with Noshawn Marino, Tavares King, but Noshawn Marino for NFL running back, SEC running back is going to be going in depth with us on that tonight. So make sure you tune in here on the channel. But he talked about the communication and he talked about the second week of Eli Cox being at center and how that has kind of helped out with things up front in terms of communicating things, not only in the run game, pass protection, all that kind of stuff. So you're starting to see the benefits of that move there. Jagger Burton, of course, moved back to guard. They got Dylan Ray, who's a walk-on from Western Virginia, transferred in from Western Virginia that's playing guard. If Kenneth Horsey comes back, then this is a very, very hard-to-handle big blue wall uh, with Ray Davis running behind it. He's patient. He sets up those blocks, and they played physical against Florida. Uh, so. You know, that's that's a big challenge for Georgia coming in. As we talked about it, they, they had not uh, been as stout against the run as they in this year as they have in previous years. They misfit some things, didn't set the edge a little bit against Auburn. I do want to say I think it's a little bit different of a run game. There is no real threat of quarterback run with Devin Leary. So I think it's more, okay, okay focus on Ray Davis or focus on Jatalik McLean, whoever's in there at running back, and stop that. I think that's going to be kind of the main point. Liam Cohen probably have to use Barry and Brown and things like that to kind of kind of loosen Georgia up and get him going side to side uh, for Ray Davis to be as effective as he was against Florida. So I think that's an interesting matchup, and I'm intrigued to see uh, Smart and Schumann go up against the, the, the offensive mind of Liam Cohen and see how they design that run game. Now, speaking of Kirby Smart, uh, he was asked about his quarterback, Carson Beck, and what he learned about him in this Auburn performance. So listen to this from Kirby Smart, and then we will uh, we will comment on it right when we come back. Uh, you know, most quarterbacks that start for the first time, you maybe don't know enough. I, I, I feel like I had this relationship, and I knew Carson. That I don't feel like I've learned a lot because uh, I knew a lot. He had been in the system. like He had played – and he had not played in that environment. I'm not trying to exchange experience, 
but I'd been around the kid. He had been in the program. He had been in the offense. I'd seen him have good days on third down against our defense, have bad days. I'd seen him, you know, make good decisions with the ball. He's really efficient. I, I guess the only thing I've learned is that he, he does have natural composure. I already thought that because that's the way he practices. But he, um, he doesn't get flustered uh, very easily. So that is Kirby Smart on his quarterback, Carson Beck. I, I just get so annoyed when I see people talk about even, you know, Kirk Herbstreet put out the young quarterback, Carson Beck. This guy's not young, guys. He is he is a fourth-year college student. He has been in Georgia's system. Yes, he does not have as much game experience as some guys out there, but he has been around. He, as Kirby Smart mentioned, he has been competing when he was with the twos against – generational, unbelievable defenses the last two seasons in the 2021 Georgia Bulldog team, the 2022 Georgia Bulldog team. He was with the twos going against the ones every single day. He He's competed in that kind of environment on third downs, as Kirby Smart mentioned, uh, in two-minute drills, all of this kind of stuff. I don't think there's a whole lot you can throw at Carson Beck that he has not seen. We saw the clutch gene that he has against South Carolina, down, comes back in the rain, uh, leads leads Georgia to, you know, 21 straight points, no problem. Comes back, big-time environment on the road. Auburn, he handles uh, some adversity early, comes back 16 for 20 in the second half, over 200 yards, game-winning touchdown drive there, uh, finding Brock Bowers. Carson Beck is not young, okay? Carson Beck has been around, and he has seen things. He is get, getting some of these first out of the way in terms of as a starter but i'm telling you this guy's settling in he's playing really good football i've i've tweeted it out i said georgia would be have two losses right now if it weren't for carson beck and his composure and his competitiveness and the way that he's has confidence just to rip the football down the field is there a couple throws that he's missed absolutely he missed a wide open touchdown to to oscar delp that's going to happen Okay, can't happen as as frequently as it has. He's missed him and Jackson meets in back to back games for touchdowns. So he's got to work on okay hitting hitting a couple of the layups there a little bit easier. But some of these throws that he's layering in between the second and third level, Carson Beck, I think, is playing a high level of football and really executes the Georgia offense. And you can see that Kirby Smart has been confident in him from the beginning. And part of that confidence came in what Kirby saw in practice. Uh, someone that is also big on practice, where Kirby came from, Nick Saban, Alabama. It's not something that should shock people when you see Nick Saban still uh, this many years into his tenure at Alabama and trying to get his team back to a championship level is talking about practice. Yes, I know the Allen Iverson thing could play that right here, but I'm not. It's all about practice with Nick Saban, and I thought his comments on this Alabama team and their practice habits were interesting. Here's Nick Saban this week in his press conference. I think the whole team needs to grow every week. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, there's so many things that we can improve on. Uh, there's so many things that, you know, if we can learn and pay attention to detail and have a sense of urgency and sustain that, you know, whether it's practice, games, whatever, uh, we're going to eliminate some of, you know, our, our negatives that, um, have proven, you know, pretty costly. I mean, you can say we won the game, but, you want to eliminate, you know, some of the, the mistakes because you always look at the play and say, okay, did they make a play because 
of what they did and how they executed it, or was there some error on our part that allowed them to make a play? And those are the things you need to eliminate because then you're playing with a little more consistency. And the whole object is is to make the other team beat you. Don't beat yourself. So there's Nick Saban. You heard him say a little bit more consistency. I had a coach one time, and it stuck with me my entire life, that said, hey, the only true measure of greatness is consistency. Alabama, throughout the tenure of Nick Saban, consistency has been the calling card. They have consistently executed and dominated just with a level of attention to detail, like he said, a level of you know in, intentionality that no one else has over this long run uh, since 2007 of him being there. So when it comes down to it, that's what he's looking at. You know, that's a macro level of the Alabama program, you know, for a long time. But the micro level here this year, I think he's still looking for that out of his out of his players in key positions. The offensive line played really well this time against Mississippi State. I think you saw that attention to detail. You saw that 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 fight, that intentionality from uh, Tyler Booker, from J.C. Latham. I think he's still looking for it out of his quarterback. Jalen Milrow did some really good things with his legs, made a couple of throws down the field that were good, but still things, you know, holding the football a little bit too long, uh, you know, just not really – on defense all the time being in the being in the right places with their their fits and things like that they're breaking in some new linebackers uh right there in terms of Deontay Lawson being out so trying to find okay they've moved Jeremiah Alexander inside is he going to end up playing there because they had uh Tresman Marshall and Jihad Campbell playing uh there this week are, are they totally confident in that they move Alexander over we'll see with Deontay Lawson out but there were some misfits at times uh, in the run game. You allowed Mississippi State to to have maybe a little bit more momentum at certain points in that game than, than they should have, didn't extend uh, drives early on. So I think Alabama's looking to, as good as they've been, I think it's this fits right in Nick Saban's wheelhouse of saying, hey, I know we're a really talented team, but I know – that this is a team that I can point out flaws to and I can motivate to become better in practice and practice at an elite level. And I think that's right what Nick Saban wants. He the more that he is able to, you know, kind of put his fingerprints on a team and be hands-on and be involved uh, and get things going. And I think you're gonna see him at a level this year, more so than the last few years. I think he's gonna have his his kind of uh you know, like I said, his fingerprints, his 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 hands all over this team in terms of trying to see how they're going to be shaped going forward more so maybe than he did in other years when he had transcend, transcendent talents like a like a Bryce Young, uh, like a Tua Tungavailoa, where it was kind of okay, we're going to go out and outscore everybody. I think Nick Saban is molding this more into the image of his teams of old, and I think that's intriguing to see. Now, on the other side of the Alabama-Texas A&M matchup, you, had, uh, you have Anaya Smith. And Anaya Smith is a very talented player for Texas A&M. But Anaya Smith had some comments here on the matchup with Alabama. Anaya Smith's brother, Maurice Smith, played for Nick Saban in Alabama. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, and, of course, Anaya Smith has played well against Alabama in the past, so is Texas A&M. So he was asked in a press conference this week about 
confidence against Alabama uh, and, you know, what it's like going up in that matchup. And I thought it was interesting what Anaya Smith said. So here were his comments from the press conference on Monday. Um, yes, I believe that definitely gives me a little bit more confidence. Uh, knowing Nick, I know exactly what it is that he wants from his defense, from his offense. And just being able to, um, I guess you could say, go into the game plan and know those things, then you can be able to, then you can go in just uh, like coach sometimes says, knowing the answers before the test, you know what I'm saying? But it all starts today in practice, just making sure that we stay uh, on point with our details, execution, and really just making sure that we just do every little thing right. So there's an I Smith talking about being so familiar with Alabama. It feels like kind of he knows the answers before the test. Of course, his brother, Maurice, like I said, played safety uh, for Alabama before transferring over to Georgia with Kirby Smart. So that was a while back. But the a lot of the principles of this Alabama defense are the same. Uh, with Nick Saban there, we've said it doesn't matter who the coordinator is. It doesn't matter if it's Kevin Steele. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's T-Rob, as Lane Kiffin suggested. A lot of these principles of Nick Saban's defense are going to remain the same. Uh, and he feels like he knows a, a little bit of that inwards uh, inward, inwards and out, backwards and forwards. So Anaya Smith has a lot of confidence going into this matchup. Don't know that I would have referred to him as Nick. I probably would have said Coach Saban. Uh, if this was Deion Sanders, he would, he would, he would take that personal. He would say, uh, "You didn't call me Coach Prime. All this kind of stuff. Uh, you called me, call me Deion." So that he would say it's personal. So we'll see what Nick Saban uh, has to say about that. But um, or if he even notices that. But. I think it's interesting that these Texas A&M players do have confidence, and they should. They're a talented team, very good team. Uh, of course, so is Alabama. That defense, Jimbo Fisher couldn't have been more complimentary of Alabama, so he was trying to put to bed all that stuff from uh, you know the last couple of years, the drama of him and Saban. But he just went through list after list after list of things that that Alabama was great at in his press conference. Uh, but Anaya Smith, you can tell behind closed doors and players, a lot of times they will speak the the parts that coaches want, and there's a lot of the confidence on that side in Texas A&M. Uh, you can see in our predictions and previews, Chris likes uh, Chris Lee here on the network on Southeastern 14, likes Texas a and i A&M. I'm taking Alabama in a close one, but that's going to be an intriguing matchup over there between those teams. Now, Time to have a little fun here uh, on Southeastern 14 and uh, giving out some some SEC superlatives this week, giving out some awards, some players that I think uh, deserve to be recognized for their performances. And, you know, we're going to do it in a fashion that uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy as well. Speaking uh, of Anaya Smith, he had a tremendous punt return. So Anaya Smith is going to earn what I call the Cal Naughton Jr. from Ricky Bobby Magic Man of the Week Award goes to Anaya Smith. Hey, what? I'm the Magic Man now. Yeah. He is the Magic Man. If you saw that punt return, my goodness, he went he, – he, Goes back, the ball bounces. He goes backwards, cuts back across the field, ends up scoring a touchdown. He is an explosive guy. Uh, so he is the Cal Naughton Jr., Ricky Bobby, Magic Man of the Week, Anaya Smith. He can do so many things for this Texas AM team. 
but just being able to contribute on special teams like that and and really put a dagger in Arkansas uh, during that matchup, that was huge for Texas A&M. So, as I said, the Cal Naughton Jr., Ricky Bobby, Magic Man of the Week, and I Smith. Hey, what? I'm the Magic Man now. Yeah. And next, we're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. There was a particular player that really just wreaked habit on his opponent. Um, just time and time again was in the in the backfield. And this is a guy who when you're talking about when you're talking about disrupting things, you have to affect the quarterback. Jimbo Fisher talked about in his press conference against Alabama, he goes, How is DJ Durkin gonna affect the quarterback? He goes, I ask our coordinator that every time. Well, one young man that affect the quarterback a lot uh and was kind of uh in that that wall there that you build along the front seven. Uh, was James Pierce Jr. for Tennessee. So the the Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, you need me on that wall, defender of the week is James Pierce from Tennessee. Talk about it, parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Yeah, needed him on that wall for sure. James Pierce, nine quarterback pressures. That was 15% of South Carolina's snaps during the game. I mean, he was absolutely on fire. That was more than any other player in college football in week five. And James Pierce is the Colonel Nathan R. Jessup. You need me on that wall. Defender of the week. Talk about it, parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Next, this one uh, may be, you know, one of my favorite ones. When you talk about running backs and you talk about a mentality and somebody that get got downhill and just didn't care and would literally run through your face, it was Marshawn Lynch, of course, the Cal Bear that would go on to be uh, a, a Seattle Seahawk, a, a Raider, all these kind of uh, things in the NFL, did a great job and now is doing uh, some some really fun media stuff. Going to be the Marshawn Lynch run through their face running back of the week award. And that is going to go to none other than Ray Davis. When it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take. They ain't going to be able to take that. And uh, Ray Davis was doing that to Florida. He just ran through their face, not only running uh, through people 180-something yards after contact, but also showing the speed and the burst uh, to get get out and, and get away from them. Florida, uh, again, Florida misfit and went underneath the pulling uh, the puller on the backside uh, or on the front side of the play defensively, the backside guard or the backside tackle that would wrap around. They continually went under it, and Ray Davis just took advantage of that. That was a great job. So the Marshawn Lynch run through their face running back of the week award goes to Ray Davis. And then we have the last one, maybe my favorite one here, is the a receiver. It can be a receiver or a tight end that just continually finds a way to get wide open. Uh, and when it was a, a key deal there at the end of the game uh, for Georgia. Carson Beck found a wide open Brock Bowers. So the Dixie Chicks wide open spaces receiver of the week goes to Brock Bowers. Yeah, so Brock Bowers is the Dixie Chicks wide open spaces receiver of the week. It doesn't matter if he was covered, he was still open. Uh, Brock Bowers, you know, if he's one-on-one, he, the old saying, if he's even, he's leaving. Well, if he's got any kind of, uh, 
you know, one-on-one matchup, Carson Beck thinks, okay, that's open and he's going to get him the football. You know, Brock Bowers is on pace to be the second all-time leading receiver at Georgia. Uh, He's on pace to be, you know, the second or third tight end, uh, most productive tight end in college football history in three years when the others did it in four. Um, Just tremendous. He's going to probably be the second if he, you know, you know, remaining healthy and everything like that, he's probably going to be the only only the second receiver in Georgia history as a tight end, mind you, not a, even a, a receiver, to surpass a 1,000 yards in, in a season. So it is a tremendous, uh, tremendous job that Brock Bowers is doing. I think he's he can go down as the greatest uh, tight end in the history of college football, honestly. I, I really think he's that – that good, I think he's going to be an, a, a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle type in the NFL. He's going to be be fantastic, um, and who knows, he may be dating somebody like Taylor Swift one day because of it, uh, with, with the way Travis Kelsey's going. So, thank you guys for tuning in here to Southeastern Fourteen. We like to have a lot of fun on these shows, and if you think it is a fun show, if you think it is a a show that puts out great SEC content, we would love to partner with you so you can contact Caroline Smith at southeastern14.com if your business would like to uh, would like to advertise with us we would love to work with you and promote your products and services um, if you think they'll fit this audience and then of course you can get a discount on chomps guys chomps a healthy protein snack they have turkey venison beef the the beef jalapeno is my favorite flavor so tune in uh, each and every morning we appreciate you also go like i said go in that description and get you some chomps for 15% off. Thank you so much for uh, just choosing us as a place to get daily SEC content. Uh, as always, thank you for being in the chat. You can follow me on Twitter using at BGilmer18 or on X now, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, at 14 Southeastern is the account for the channel, for the network here. So thank you so much. We appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you next time to talk more SEC football as we go into uh, keys of the game next next tomorrow morning. We go into keys of the game, keys to victory for each team, and then also tonight at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, meet myself, Tavares King, Sean Marino will be live for players section on Southeastern 14. We'll see you guys tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great day. 